Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome. This is the Pat and Rose Show and we have a really, really cool episode today. One of my personal heroes, somebody who I'm a big fan of and uh, we covered a lot of bases as usual. Yes, and you're far more in tune with pop culture and I think, and just human beings in general uh, than I am. <laughs> Things outside of the fitness realm. Things outside of the fitness realm and my little hole in the wall. But yeah, I hadn't watched New Girl, I will mm -hmm. admit, you know, and when the, when the Max Greenfield mm -hmm topic came up as a guest man anyone who i mentioned it to lost their freaking minds and i was like okay something's here and i'm missing the boat that, that was one of my favorite parts of the episode actually was when you guys exchanged notes on on who had been following who and it was actually the reverse of what i would have expected but to your point Lots of people, this this was recorded some time ago, lots of people have been reaching out. They've been excited oh, about Max Greenfield. More than any other episode by far. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, without any further ado, you guys get to listen to Max. We cover um, his experience in Hollywood. Of course, Fox's sitcom New Girl is what he's most well-known for, but he's done all sorts of movie roles. We talk about how fitness did or did not jive with those roles. Right. Uh, and we also, we also talked about the Seth Meyers interview, which I thought was really, really cool. And I was skeptical. About Max? Yes, before. Why? Well, here's the deal. Being a cynical New Englander and generally distasteful of human beings, <laughs> I was like, you know, these Hollywood types, they're going to be pretentious and whatever. Dude, this guy disarmed me. Put I, I was completely wrong. He is genuine. He is down to earth. And I walked away a huge Max Greenfield fan. And, and I knew a lot, like you said, I knew a lot more about him than you. What I did not know, he's done every single worldwide open. Yep. And he's a mega fan of the CrossFit Games. He oh. knew details. Oh, right. Yep. He knew details about... He could be an analyst. He could be an analyst. He literally could be an analyst. And I think that's... You're on something. I, maybe one day. I think he's moving in our positions. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in your lane, Max. <laughs> he's a fantastic human being. Really fun to talk to. And we hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Here is Rory and Pat interviewing Max Greenfield. Max Greenfield, welcome to the show, dude. You basically, uh, I know that you've done Ellen, you've done um, all sorts, like basically every late night television show, but I feel like we owe you a you're welcome. I mean, this is this has got to be the height of your career. I mean, we'll launch your career now. This is the only one where I'm like, let's talk. Oh, finally. I tried to do it. I know you guys saw that Seth Meyers thing. That was fun. So good. And the guy, and we were, we, I was out there, uh, and we were doing press for the Glass Castle, this movie, and I saw the director the next day, and he was like, yeah, man, I saw you on uh, Late Night. I was like, yeah, yeah. Didn't talk about the movie that much. There's a lot of profit <laughs> stuff. And I go, I know, I got carried away. Um, I sort of apologize. Yeah, that, that wasn't your <laughs> fault, though. Was like, like really good time. Yeah, you're getting pressed. I liked it. I, like, I, I love that you stood your ground, but see, he, Seth wanted to go there. And I'll throw myself a little bit under the bus because I want our relationship to be open and honest from the very beginning. You know, so <laughs> I'm, I watch very minimal TV. I'm, I'm, I'm that weird person, okay? So I did not know a lot about you at all, at all. Everyone that I told about, hey, interviewing this guy max greenfield everyone lost their absolute mind that i told <laughs> that i'm like i'm like all right i gotta do some more research so i started <laughs> researching more and more about you and i saw that interview with seth and yeah, yeah. i was very you know i was i was like this guy is a legit 
genuine in his heart fanatical crossfitter like i was like this guy's all right in my book so it was very cool to see that no we we literally had um it was funny there was at least two people who were like hey can we come sit in the room while you do yes. the interview and i was like so we're wearing fun. headphones like you wouldn't be able to hear anything like that's cool that's totally fine <laughs> I, look man i have watched every update show i from oh. the very beginning the beginning like, ones are rough the beginning ones with the bow tie. I mean, <laughs> oh, for like man. forty-five minutes, just nerding out on. There uh, were some growing yeah, pains. Tommy, Tommy Marquez was nowhere to be seen. Yep, yep. No, that was those were uh, Th those are the those are the early days. I struggle going back and watching those a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, well, and we well we don't need to probably dive into this too much, but I assume is that the same in your career like do you watch some of your early stuff just like through kind of through your fingers or you know yeah totally like when you see when i when i'll see uh not so much acting stuff um but some late night appearances and talk show appearances and you're just like where you're supposed to be out there and be natural in yourself in mm -hmm. front of the camera like oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh no Understood. i was really uh, i was really trying i was really trying to do something in that one well um, <clears throat> I am a massive fan and have been for a long time. Seen New Girl since the beginning. So, I, I mean, we'll talk plenty of CrossFit, but first I want to talk about the fact that it's the final season of New Girl. Oh. And I'm yeah, curious, like, you know, for me, so you guys started that in 2011. We started doing uh, probably live broadcasts for the CrossFit Games in 2010. So I'm trying to put myself in those shoes, and it'd be like right. if, if CrossFit's last season was next year. Yo, I'd be freaking out, like, but I don't know what that's like in your world. Like, how does it feel to be kind of on the downslope of it? It's good. We've been doing it for seven years. I feel like, I mean, <laughs> if we could just put it all together, it'd be like, you know, we're done with Southern California. We want to move to Madison. You know, we need to, <laughs> it's like, we've done that. And you're like, all right, like, we need to, this needs to grow and we need to move and, uh, I'm excited for what comes next, next, and was and was very like just so grateful for the opportunity and that it, that it lasted so long and that it, you know it was like a life changing job for me. Right, because that's got to. I mean, I'm guessing that's got to be the equivalent of. I mean, I know a lot of people are banging around Hollywood, probably getting a job once every three years or once every year or whatever. So I imagine getting like on a television show like that that's got legs and it's it goes for that long. It's got to be like the money maker. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's yeah, it's really like, you know, even in the last month being out of work, you sort of crave that consistency and the stability of a job yeah. as an actor. And to have had that for the last seven years, like, was a real gift. Yeah. Oh, so you guys are done. Like, you've like the everything's done, done, huh? Yeah, we're wrapped up. Wow. Oh, wow. So are you just you're just an unemployed you know, is, is there something on the horizon you can tell us about? I'm just taking my kids to school, just Good like being a real supportive husband and dad. That's awesome, bro. Good. Now, I'm very ignorant to the world of, of Hollywood and whatnot, so how does it work? I mean, are you so well-known now that you just know, you know your agent's going to pull something in in no time, or, you know, or is he out, you know, or he or she out, you know, pounding the streets, looking for certain roles that fit your niche or whatnot? Or, you know, how does employment happen in Hollywood? I mean, at this point for me, I think, you know, I could probably attempt to go do what I have been doing and maybe do another comedy on TV. Um, 
And I, th I think there are versions of that are, that are sort of available to me, which is fantastic. But like, you know, if I want to kind of shift and maybe do something else, this is a good opportunity to sort of explore those avenues because I have like a little minute where I can do that mm -hmm. until maybe next year when I'm like, you know, not that didn't really go so well and I'm going to go do some comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is comedy your niche? And I guess my question is, are you are you funny? Like, if you weren't if you weren't in Hollywood, would all your friends be like, "Oh yeah, Max is the funny guy. He's always cracking us up. He's just a." I don't know. I mean, I've met some like when you. It's funny, like when you're at home and you're making people laugh, and you're like, "Oh, you know, I think I'm pretty funny." And, then you come <laughs> and you're like in real comedy circles, and you meet real comedians and real comedy writers, and you go, "Oh, it's not even. I'm not even close. I don't even. I wouldn't even open my mouth around these people." <laughs> yeah. Well, it would be like it would it would be like going to mayhem and being like, hey guys, I'll jump in and like we'll do. Uh, <laughs> I, got no, I got next. I got next. I work out. I work out. Jackie, right now, I can do that. And you're like I, I don't understand how they're moving so fast. No one takes a breath. Right. Uh, okay, that's an that's an excellent analogy that I fully understand. Yeah, and I, I, I I'm curious about that. Um, the, the thing that I notice a lot of the time on New Girl is like, I'm sure that a lot of it's ad-libbed. I'm sure that um, you guys think on your feet, but the dialogue that's written, like I can't imagine how talented those writers must be to come up with yeah, scenarios and situations. Like when you, are those people, I guess you're saying they're funny, but like, what, I don't know, what's like a comedy writer like? Is that somebody who's trying to be a comedian themselves or is that like their deal is they write for other people well I think you have like a lot of really funny writers and then you have people who really understand how to write a TV show and understand structure and understand how to like do all that so I think when you mix the two of those things you get some really talented people yeah um, but I think it's easier for someone to learn how to do the structure and understand how to write a TV show um, that's funny than it is for somebody who understands the structure of a TV show that like isn't so funny has to learn comedy. Yeah. Hmm. The um. Yeah, that that's that's interesting. I I'd say like before moving on from you you said like you know the TV show thing would would maybe be interesting to see you pursue. I think Schmidt could could carry a TV show. I think there could be a whole there could be a whole Schmidt uh oh. future. And again, throw my I, I, all the data that I have is because every <laughs> human being that I interacted with lost their mind when we said this was happening. And I realized that I live in a, a cave under a rock. And every single person was like, that dude makes the show. You need to tell him he makes the show. So I'm, I'm telling you, man, I just, you're doing it. You are doing it right. And I, to get savvy for this, you know, I sleuthed you all around on the internet. And I went to YouTube. <laughs> and I saw this one thing that said, Best of Schmidt. And I was like, okay, I'm going to click on that because I had a lot of views. And there's a lot of times in my life where I, I'm, I'm sitting down with friends, we're watching a sitcom or a movie, and everyone in the room is laughing and I'm not. And I'm like, all right, am I just missing this? I have a different sense of humor. So I'm like, this is going to be tough. I mean, watch this guy. I've got no real point of reference. And I watched this two or three minute thing and I laughed out loud several times. Dude, I'm here to tell you, you are a talented, talented dude. I mean, I don't know if you just, like you said, you might have considered yourself funny, but I was genuinely impressed. I was just excited to see where Sherwood would go. I did the data on Schmidt. <laughs> I've gathered your stats a little bit. And, uh, and I've I come up with a thumbs up. And um... Man, yeah, people are like, you're, you're doing it right. So uh, like, I, I believe what you said, maybe you could just carry a show like that. Um, oh, well, I appreciate and, that. And before moving on into like uh, your CrossFit life, so 
I'm curious what would be like the gold standard for you because it seems like television and Hollywood and all that stuff's changing a little bit, right? Like uh, Netflix is making its original content and things are moving um, a little bit yeah, to the web. Yeah, it's really it's exciting. There's a lot more content out there. So, do, but, but is the gold standard still like silver screen? Like you still want to be? No, that's not really it anymore. I mean, there's, they make so few movies now. Yeah. Like they make a handful of Marvel movies and and they make a bunch of animated movies and there's very few these days that are sort of in between. Mm. Um, and I think movies at this point are, for at least from an acting standpoint, unless you're Will Smith or something, you know, are nice when they come along and they're like a bonus to if it all works out. But they're not, I don't think it's anything you shoot for really anymore. I think it's just, you know, look, it's at this point, I think it's just about working with really good people and enjoying yourself. And especially having been on the show for seven years, like just taking some risks and having fun and, and really being able to bounce around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of your career, like seven, seven years ago, was, was, is New Girl the first big break you ever had? Yeah, totally. I mean, I had bounced around for a while and did like little jobs here and there. And then I'd gotten close on a bunch of different shows. Um, and then at the very end of having auditioned like six, seven, eight times for something, not gotten it. That had happened a bunch of times. Um, and then and then New Girl came along. And at that point, I was sort of we had just had a, our first child and I and she was one years old and I was like, I don't really want to be the guy who's, you know, carrying his kid around and auditioning for shows. It just felt sort of selfish to me. Sure. Um, so I was trying to take a step back and find a job, um, or like just a, you know, consistent job that wasn't necessarily as an actor. And, and then new girl happened and I was like, Oh dear Lord. And I then found myself in a position where I had overachieved <laughs> to such a level <laughs> Where I was like, I can't believe this is all happening. I was just, I, at that point, I would set myself, I was like, if I could just get like, on, I, you know, the guy on CSI who's like, I've checked the DNA. <laughs> and It's a speaking you know, heart. <laughs> yeah. There's fibers in the DNA. Like, oh, great. Good. Like, I think I can do that. And then all of a sudden for, for New Girl to happen and for the things that happened there afterwards, you were like, oh, this is like, I mean... It was incredible. I've got some questions. This is great because usually we're not in the same physical location, so I can just like, yeah, exactly. hit you when I want to talk. Up. Shut up. You know, I've only I've known a couple of people that um, their lifelong goal was to be an actor or an actress or whatnot, and I've, I've seen them go to the exactly what you're saying, audition after audition after audition. Someone says it looks good, and the call doesn't come, and all that. What made like when you walked out of that audition for New Girl, you were like crushed it that one's coming back you know or was it a, a big of a surprise like what what do you think made that one tip the scales in your favor i think you know i had had some auditions previous to that uh for some other shows that i had gotten close on that were i mean just as good where you walk out and you're like all right man well you gave the producers and the writers enough evidence and ammunition to go with and try to get you this job if they right. really want you and then it's up to you know the studios and networks to see to say if they really want you. Um, I, you know there was a part of the New Girl audition that was, I I think Zoe was sort of attached at that point. There was a lot of big names involved. A lot of the people who, who were creatively involved were like really 
heavy hitters, and I thought, A, I'm never going to get this. B, I'm sort of quit. I've sort of quit the business anyway. <laughs> um, so there was a level of just complete not caring, and I think that was probably that probably worked uh, in my benefit more than anything else. Nothing to lose. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself and, and right. try a little bit it's less. It's got to be nerve-wracking. Yeah. I mean, because you're going to hear a lot more no's than yeses, right? I mean, so that's got to just yeah, wear totally. you down. Just, to, to take the result completely out of it, I think, is sort of what, what I find is the best bet. And it has always worked well for me. And it's hard sometimes, you know, because you still get excited. And some of these projects, you're going in and auditioning. It's hard for you to, like take it out of your head, the idea of you potentially being in this thing and wanting to go make this thing because the idea of it is so exciting. Yeah. Um, and to just calm yourself down and put all that away and just act is, you know, uh, it's not the easiest place to get to. Oh, I can know. I, I know we need to get to CrossFit eventually to pay the bills, but you know how I get One day. One the, day. Uh, um, I'm just fascinated. I love learning people's stories and whatnot. So, I mean, well, you don't have to tell us your whole lifelong, you know, since the day that you were born, but was it childhood dream to be an, an actor and, and pursued it? Or how did you get to where you are? I think it was one of those things where I knew I had always kind of wanted, I knew I always wanted to be a part of that, like making TV and making film and, and, and potentially being an actor. Um, but it also felt so far away. And from reality, so, like the numbers game is not in your favor. <laughs> not even that. I mean, I just would watch TV and oh, it would I see. Like, like, oh, these people are off on a different planet doing this. And this is not these are not real people. <laughs> right. uh, and uh, and then when I moved to Los Angeles, I moved when I was 19. Uh, I started taking some classes out in L.A., just like college courses. And, uh, that's actually when you move to LA, they make you right. It's like a prerequisite. They're across the city limit and they're like, go ahead. But yeah, I was taking these college courses and I was like, all right, the one thing I know for, for sure is that college is not for me. And I was, I'm like, I'm young enough. I'm like, let's go make some mistakes and just jumped into it and, you know, sort of trial by fire and got beat up pretty good, but realized very early on, this is something I want to pursue and I want to do this. So what, what about, sorry, one, what, but what about the flip one. side of that? Were you, okay, I get one more, but I was going to say, well, well, okay, so if you weren't, um, you weren't like a drama kid per se, were you an athlete? Because you're also well known, even within, within the confines of like Hollywood, you're known as like a fit dude. And obviously you are. Oh, no, I, I was not an athlete at all. Oh, really? Um, no, 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 no. I think CrossFit really changed everything. Not that I'm an athlete now, but for sure, uh, I had started doing CrossFit when, uh, our daughter was born. Oh, so that's, well, she's like a seven-year-old. She's eight now, eight. so I want to say 2010. Okay. And she was about three months old, and my wife was about to go back to work, and she was on maternity leave. And she had gotten this really, she'd gotten this new job. She was really excited about it. And the entire time she had been there, she was pregnant. She was like not feeling like herself. She wasn't feeling like she was giving everything that she was capable of giving. And I was very out of work. <laughs> and I had just like had a bunch of those shows that I had auditioned for and not gotten and was really bummed out about it. And probably like, you know, having a couple more desserts than I needed to. Amen. And, Amen. Uh, 
and not sleeping because the kid's up. And I remember like really just having a conversation with my wife, Tess, and saying, go back to work, go kill it. I have the kid, don't worry about it. I just need one hour in the morning yeah. to like go do something physical. And a buddy of mine up north, I think he was going to TJ's gym at the time. Okay. Uh, had just started doing CrossFit and I knew he was into it and I think he was trying to, I think he was trying to get uh, certified and I remember calling him and I was like, hey, man, they just opened this CrossFit gym down the street for me. I know if I go during this one hour and that's all I have in a 24-hour span, I was like, if I go to just some regular gym, I'm not going to do anything. And it's going to be worthless. <laughs> and then the driving time is going to be dog shit. It's going to be – it's not good. I was like, what's the deal with this? He goes, it's super intense, but you'll like it. Great. And I started – and so I went – and I was taking a 7 in the morning class. And I think, you know, this is 2010. In 2010, the programming was gnarly. <laughs> it was just like, it was, there weren't, there wasn't like accessory work at that point. It was like, yeah, man, today we're doing Eva. I was like, hey, it's my first day. That sounds cool. <laughs> let's do this. Yeah, she let's do nice. this. And I remember, like, I, I vividly remember running an 800 on, I think my third day there and being like, I am so fucking out of shape. Like think, think about calling your buddy as soon as you got home. <laughs> I was so upset and I was just like, but at the same time I felt, I felt as though, Oh, this is not ending like this. And I think that's the experience that most people have when they come in. They're sure. either, they either go, this is not for me or I'm going to do this every day yeah yeah yeah. i'll be damned if this is gonna get the best of me <laughs> yeah totally so that was my experience i think i did i think i did fran like the next week oh i think i got time capped on it at like 18 minutes right <laughs> and just a mercy kill and just getting i mean ju i was like i can't it's almost it was almost unfathomable how hard some of it was yeah. you were like because when you, when you would look at it you go Okay. All right. right. I see how this kind of works. And then you get into it and you're like, oh my, I can't believe. Well, which makes it that much more impressive that you weren't an athlete coming into oh, it. Absolutely. Like, and that it resonated with you. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I had done, some, I mean, like I had some, done some endurance stuff and I used to run as a kid. Um, but nothing like this. Yeah. So you, and that's why I think, you know, I think for people like me who've never done anything like that and have no lifting background and who come into it and six months later are like, I, I mean, you just, you feel, it's not even the strength. You feel like a re, you feel real power Yeah. for the first time. And, uh, that experience I, I think for me was, you know, and look, it's nice to talk to guys like you because you're like, <laughs> it was a real transformative experience. <laughs> right. You right. Exactly. Like, you talk to people outside and they go, oh, no, he's doing the CrossFit thing again. <laughs> and you're like, we, we talked to other CrossFitters about it. You're like, oh, it yeah. was a very real thing. But I tell you what, it's getting more and more ubiquitous. Like, true. When we used true. to work uh, seminars back in the day, and I'm talking not back in the day, like 2009, you'd walk into a Starbucks on a weekend where you were teaching a seminar. There's like four of you in a CrossFit t-shirt. And they'd be like, oh, hey, what's CrossFit? And you'd all look at each other and be like, like you, you're yeah, I don't want to answer it. that. Yeah, because really. you go down a rabbit hole and nobody knew what the hell it was. And now I walk into Starbucks with the CrossFit shirt on, and people are like, "Hey, what gym do you work out at?" Yeah. Oh, or, my brother yeah. does that. My sister does yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. They got, they've got a working knowledge of it. My, so my only regret about New Girl now 
is that uh, CrossFit wasn't part of Schmidt's, like, this is how I lost all my weight story. Yeah, I know, right? Schmidt's success story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's cool. So that was, uh, what, CrossFit Hollywood? Yeah, that was CrossFit Hollywood. And then JP had moved from CrossFit Hollywood to Brick. And it was like a weird transitional time because it was like, it was right at, at a time where, you know, it was sort of starting that real expansion process. And like Reebok had gotten involved yep. like a year after that. Right. Um, and that gym at the time was small and it was getting, there was like, you know, <laughs> it was still new and people were snatching weight and it was dropping and then bars were going poof, across the room. You're like, that's an ankle. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and they had opened up brick and I, and I remember, I think I went, I think I went away. I think I was going, I think I went away to shoot a movie and I came back and they had opened that brick and I walked in and I was like, oh, this is a factory. And, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, and now, now I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. They got a sweet space down there. Yeah. Now I've, I've been there ever since. So, um, in the marriage of the two things, I wonder, so, I mean, there's probably a lot of in between here, but so there was, there was then before new girl and you kind of start, you started CrossFit and then you had this pretty meteoric rise, I imagine, like during, as, as New Girl got more popular, so too, I'm sure, in Hollywood or, or in, in L.A., however it works. Um, I'm sure you were more recognizable. People are stopping you on the street. <clears throat> was CrossFit like a safe space at that point in time? I hear from a lot of the guys like uh, like uh, the pro wrestlers. They'll go drop into a CrossFit gym, even if they're going to do just like heavy lifting. You know, uh, Josh Gallego, somebody right. who works at Paradiso, works with those guys a lot. And they're like, yeah, we'll, yeah, totally. we'll just go there because nobody will, nobody will mess with us. Like, And not in a bad way. Not like they don't love fans, but it was like nobody would kind of like knock the door down or make them take a selfie while they're in the middle of the set. I mean, I wish more people would take selfies. Nobody <laughs> gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, hey, Max, <laughs> can I take that bar from you? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know, uh, you know Cesar Flores over a brick? I don't know if I know Caesar. I know that name. I believe yes, I've met him. Programs yes. a brick, and he's he's incredible. Yes. Um, and he's one of these guys who's like on and off, been like sort of programming for me, and 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 uh, and we'll jump into class together. Just really knows his stuff, inside and out, and is just has been like a really incredible staple at brick, and for me, and just across the board. But I mean, this guy. <laughs> It's all he talks about, and you're like, at some point you go, do you, do you give a shit what I do? You've never asked. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm just like at one point I'm like, Caesar, are you ever going to ask me a question outside of like, what am I working today? Oh, that's fantastic. Do you know who I am? <laughs> Not even like a new unit, just like. Can we open up a dialogue outside of <laughs> Oh, it's a multi-dimensional human being. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. You know, um, but yeah, there is something nice about that. And there is something really nice about like, you know, especially now trying to figure out like what's next and what you're going to do. It can get stressful and you can take a lot of more time than you want to thinking about yourself, which is a f- fucking pain in the ass. Um, no doubt. so to be able to go in there and just, and really just talk programming and figure out like what's today going to be and what are we doing and really like figuring out workouts, it's like a really nice diversion. Yeah. And that's probably like one of the things I love most about CrossFit is like the mental aspect of it. So I'm, you know, the, oh, right, no, yeah, sorry, yeah, go go ahead. Ahead. I'm curious 
you talking about the safe space and all that you stuff. You can't say go ahead and then go ahead yourself. Oh, like talking you just to me. told yourself to I go ahead. I was talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things that I, I love people, not really. It, it, it depends on who they are, okay? <laughs> I love about seven people. Remember the, now, block, the blocked list. The, uh, refer to the blocked list. I have a very limited, and I feel silly saying this, very limited amount of notoriety in our little community, right? Like, I can live my normal human being life, and one week a year, when I go to the games, I get a very mild taste of what somebody who is actually famous and recognizable probably deals with on a regular basis, and I get a genuine panic attack from it. Like, I don't, I am not made for that. I don't like it. It stresses me out, okay? Can you go to a coffee shop and just read a book in peace for an hour, or is that not even a possibility? I just, I like, one, I think there's like the level of fame that I have, and then there's like real celebrities. Sure. And I think real celebrities might have a problem doing that, but I've, I, I, A, don't, don't care. Mm-hmm. And LA is LA. By the way, is a different story because people are sort of used to seeing people. Gotcha. Okay. You go out, and nobody really cares. Every once in a while, somebody comes up to you, and you're like, "Oh, great!" And I'd say 99.9% of the time, the people who've come up to me have just been fans of the show, and I think that's a part of it. And you're yeah. like, "Oh, great! This I, this is a reminder." Especially when we were doing the show, and early on, you know, you're on the set for. 16 hours however many hours you're just like stuck on a stage and when you're not on a stage you're waking up with your kids mm-hmm. you're trying to spend time with your family and at some point you go what what is what are we do, even doing so to have people then come up to you and go hey man i really love the show when you did this it was really funny you're like oh my god i forgot people watch this right right you know it's like a real nice reminder yeah oh and, uh, and don't get me wrong like i should not say a caveat right like i enjoy it in the fact that those people are the, are the fanatics and you know, bleed cross it that, you know, make what I do possible. And I appreciate that. But it feels, I think some people very much love the crowd, love the attention, love all that. And that's just not how I'm wired. So I didn't know if it gave you a panic attack or if you're like, now nah, bring it on, you know, a thousand selfies, I don't care. I was just kind of curious as to how you navigated those waters. Well, what's nice is like, I'll go to regionals and you know, you're in a big group setting there and you have that you'll have a lot of people coming up to you. But then it's a really nice thing because after the, hey man, we're really big fans of the show, you can go, are you watching this? Yeah. And then have <laughs> real dialogue about That's what's cool. going on as opposed to just like some awkward, all right, man, well, it was cool, man. It was nice. <laughs> right. You, you, sometimes you don't even get that, right? Like, like uh, we, we, basically this year in, in Madison, me and Sherwood were on uh, the CBS stage that was going to broadcast and it was funny because it was in the beer garden and it made sense at the time because they're like oh we never want the backdrop to be empty empty or bland which ended up still happening but you know you're in there with basically folks who didn't want to go outside who were drinking beer and um i forgot where i was going with it necessarily but you're basically in the same in the same situation you were like there was never any sacred space. No, because no <laughs> it was space awesome whatsoever. when people wanted to come up and high five and chest bump. And but then it'd be like, okay, you guys are live in three, two, and you feel somebody like scratch your calf muscle, and you're well, like, and you're so much better at it than I am. I do not excel there. But it's also different for you guys, especially in that situation, because you guys have to. You guys are at work. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You guys are on task and doing something. So 
that becomes somewhat of a distraction, especially because what you're doing is so minute by minute. Yeah. And you could be like, all right, man, just, can you just, can you give me one second? Like we just got picked up by CBS. This is like a really big deal. Yeah, so like, yeah. it's just like, we're trying to continue this. Thing. Yes. And then we're like, they're so rude. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, you know, it's not like people are coming up to me while I'm shooting a scene at new girl and they're like, Hey man, we love you too. I know, but I'm like right in the middle of what I do. Right, exactly. <laughs> Give me a second. I'm doing what I do right now, right now. Um, okay, so um, how long have you been going to regionals? Like, what's the first time that you went to an on-site event? I think the first year I went was the first year that I think the first year that Reebok got. Or the, no, no, the first year we did the Open. Okay, yeah. So eleven. Two thousand eleven. Yeah. Did you do the open yeah. the first year? Yeah, I've done the open every year. Yeah, that's that was a big cool. question on my. I posted on my social media today that we're going to interview you, and I got a ridiculous amount of comments. But multiple people were like, "Ask him if he's doing the open." And, you know, we're going to check you on the leaderboard. You're not signed up yet. I checked. I have not. Signed <laughs> up this year, this year has been. I've like had a real, had a real transition in my class <laughs> this year. I'm like trying to figure out how, how I can sign up a, as a female competitor this year because it's, it's just the, it's the first year I know for a fact I'm not going RX. I've yeah. done it. I've, I've done it uh, as prescribed every year up until this year. And this is the first year where I'm like, I know it's not going to happen. I went scaled last year. I know, but like the scaling option is confusing to me because I don't like how it looks when you do one workout as prescribed and gotcha. then the next workout it's scaled and then it comes back. You know what I mean? Gotcha. It just, yeah. I'd rather do it as a female competitor and go RX to <laughs> which by the way, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I'm not positive that I can, that I can do that as prescribed, but at least yeah, right. like, exactly. I think, I think I'm top 16 right now at Brick uh, amongst the females, at least. <laughs> Which, is by you, the way, is super is competitive. Super, yeah. I mean, no I, joke. Did you see um, the, uh, two of our documentarians, Ian Wittenberg and Heber Cannon? Um, somebody had, oh, it was you. So Sherwood, in his interview for the documentary, had said, I would bet you anything that you could set a clock and try and race Carl Webb through the speed clean ladder and you would not be able to do it. And they made a video trying to race Cara Webb. So somebody had a, a with laptop. With female weights, same loading. With the same loading. Cara Webb. Somebody walked. Wait, Pat, you did it? No, Pat I, said, I put up the challenge. I put up the challenge, and two of the guys who made the documentary did it. Oh, yeah. And it was fabulous. you got to go uh, search, uh, Google it after this. But it's really funny. And uh, what, Ian Beater. But... I think Ian Beater just collapsed dead on the floor. Yeah. Beater for like two seconds. <laughs> and he, Heber couldn't make it. But, um, yeah, no, the, the, the women, obviously. Yeah, give it, give Give him give him four days of competition too before you do it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And people will ask us just because they see us as a face of CrossFit, they figure we must be these beastly athletes, which is not the case. And be like, for oh, sure. Man, you go into the games, you go masters this year. I'm like, I'm like, thank you for the vote of confidence, but you have no clue how far away. That's science fiction. You know, I mean that's right. I will say this. Sherwood's one of the only guys who early on as a visible face of CrossFit was like, I scaled. I just scaled it. You yeah. were like really adamant early. It was nice to see because, Dude. you know, during a time when a lot of people, people's attitudes were like, 
I'm going to RX it no matter what and just see how it plays out. Just yeah. take the plane into the mountain no matter what. The plane's going to say RX on the side. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Eject, <laughs> eject. No way, baby. I'm riding this one in. Yeah, totally. And then, like, there was – I, like, remember – watching like little videos or whether it was on your Instagram or I don't know what it was, but where you would be next to like the, you know, I mean, you were doing workouts with these beasts and then, oh, and you'd be like, this is what, you know, so-and-so did. This is what I did. He tried to, he tried to do uh, a whole day or two of froning. Like he went to, oh, went to Cookville and tried to like do his well, day and it was insane, right? It's a, it wasn't even physically possible if I wanted, it wasn't. I, like just for fun at the end of the day, they were playing roller hockey and he's like laying on the ground. And yeah, we don't get off track. The, the man, yeah, those people are in such ridiculous all by themselves categories. It's, it's not even, it's like they're a different species than what totally. I am. Yeah. So anyway. But here's what I think about this year anyways, because I, I believe, I believe it to be true. I had a year where, um, I tore my ACL like three months before I was playing basketball. I tore my ACL three months before the open and, um, yeah, you're still going to give it hell, you know, still try. I, I think even if you did the scaled version this year, you got a benchmark and you know, look, 2018 wasn't your year, you know, but it's in the course of your lifetime. Maybe you got a dip and it comes back up, but you still got to do it. Yeah. Oh, there's no way I'm missing. <laughs> do you but I mean, even the scale, it's like there's no there's no dishonor in that, you know. Do you enjoy competing? Yeah, I. But that's the problem. Ah, okay. You just yeah, put you a lot of yourself. pressure on yourself. No, you, I get too excited. Oh, okay. Those, the workout. Let me tell you something. <laughs> those workouts are so good, and I always look at it like. There's that movie Rounders with Matt Damon. And he talks about like poker playing. Mm -hmm. And he's talking to like the cab driver. And he's like, uh, and he's like, I'm going to Vegas. And the cab driver's like, yeah, good luck, man. And, he, and then he goes to voiceover. And Matt Damon's like, these idiots still think it's about luck. Yeah. It's not about, why do you think that the same guys make it to the final table every year? Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's like not a testament to like, the athletes, but a testament to the programming. It's like, if you get the programming right, yeah, Matt Frazier's gonna win every year. You know why? Because he's the fittest dude out there by, by, a, by a lot. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> by a landslide. Not a fluke. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not. It's like, it's like when that program, I remember there was like an early documentary, um, or maybe it was one of the first fittest songs, I don't remember, and, uh, and Kalipa was talking about it, and he was like, you know, if the if the programming leans a little bit this way or a little bit that way, the right like that's going to determine who gets in there. And I don't think that's the case anymore. No, and there's been much like there's been an evolution in the athletes' capacity where they're basically just cyborgs that can actually do anything. Doesn't matter to run, to swim, to lift, to gymnastics, to you name it, to unknown. Every year with the programming, there's a level of sophistication and a level of looking back, lessons learned, and being able to craft these workouts that somehow are incredibly participatory that everyone from me to my grandmother can throw down. But somehow those same workouts pre-screen at the top of the pyramid that only the best will advance. So every year the test gets more um, yeah, sophisticated. So you're right. It's not... Yeah, it is not. A and, to, and to who's, that point, who's the team that's figuring out these workouts? It is uh, well, the, the open is one hundred percent programmed by Dave Castro. 
Okay. Yep. And then the games is the same, or is there then a, a group, or I mean, re- regionals and the games? Dave pretty much handles regionals as well, and then for the games, he will do the individuals, he will do the affiliate team competition as well, and then I will submit to him uh, age group workouts for teenagers and masters. Oh, all right. And true story. The teen that, stuff is crazy. There now crazy. there now exists a warehouse in in uh, Southern California. Oh, you're giving out the secrets, but proceed, proceed. Is this not? No, public? no, it's fine. It's fine. Is just don't, just don't give out an address. Yeah. Oh no no no. no. There, so there is a uh, there's a dedicated warehouse for testing a, workouts. A bat cave, if you will. The teen, when the teens did Amanda, I was like, this is the this is the coolest. Because if you because I felt like for me. When, when, uh, when Amanda was an individual uh, workout at the games, and everybody was like throwing the bar down, and Khalif was running with the thing, right? Fast. You're like, and watching these 16 year old kids just go and like throw it up over the head and finish, and like oh. that was 317. What? Exactly, and that and that's the whole reference point. I'm not known for my Olympic lifting. <laughs> I think that's safe to say. <laughs> Can you get your head right now? But there were 16 to 17 year old girls this year at the CrossFit Games that outsnatched me as a 42 year old grown oh. man. You know, like so that's so <laughs> I'm a Navy SEAL. So when people say, "Hey, you're going to the games," I'm like, "You have no clue how much yeah, that's, that's not right. in the realm of possibility." Thank you, though. Yeah, I know. Like when people will come, at, people will ask me like when they they'll come to the show. Or I'll meet somebody and they don't really have any sort of reference point and and, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I saw you do cross. You're like really into cross. And I'm like, yeah. It's like you go into the games. I'm like, I I don't even have the time to explain to you <laughs> why I'm not what how what far that I am from the games. I saw though. I brought up your uh, your athlete profile. Oh, nice. The you broke uh, you broke top one thousand last year. One thousand one hundred. No, I'm sorry. That's eleven thousand in the world. That's see. That's why five five hundred and fortieth in Southern California. That's amazing. I actually think that is very legit in Southern California. That's what it's telling me. Yeah, five hundred and fortieth in the open in Southern California. Oh, am I a ma- am I considered a master now? I must. Yeah, be. you are a master. How old okay. are you? Thirty-eight. 38, okay, all right. Yep, you're uh, in the early division. I've already broke into the second division. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and, I like that they moved into the early division. You're, how old are you? That's cool. I'm uh, 36. 36, okay, yeah. so you guys are competitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's on, bro. <laughs> it's on. <laughs> uh, so uh-huh. I was going to see, if connecting it back, this year was a little bit of a dip. You had life changes. Was this? Did you do Glass Castle this year? Um, when did I do it? I just I had read something in I read an interesting interview where you it was said, not this past summer it was the summer before that we shot it okay because basically true or false at one point they were like hey dude you're a little bit too buff like we need you to kind of tone it down well no I had to do and this is sort of like why I've had a real transition in how I've been training is the summer before that I had to do uh, I I did a American Horror Story and they had me lose a bunch of weight for that which was gnarly. It was crazy. Narf. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, but it was great. And those people are, I mean, Ryan Murphy and Sarah Paulson, it's like you're working with the best. Yeah. Um, but I had lost a bunch of weight for that. Did it all through CrossFit. Um, and then the following year, but had lost a lot of muscle because it was just like, it was just a lot of diet and, and cardio. Um, 
And then the following summer, I did Glass Castle, and the director was like, hey, man, you have to do an arm wrestling scene with Woody Harrelson. Arm wrestling with Woody Harrelson. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I was like, whatever you're going to ask me to do after this is 100% yes. <laughs> and he goes, so I need you not to work out. I need, I need, I need to, we need to make sure that it looks like he's going to kill you in this. And I go, oh, not work out. That's uh, for how long? Right, exactly. But so then I was just like, okay, I won't do a lot of, I just won't do upper body, won't do anything. So then again, I did a bunch of cardio. And then this past summer, sort of stuck to the same thing. I mean, it was just like a lot of light stuff. Uh, you, you, write, you know Brooks, Lake, hockey player, they did like a little CrossFit yeah. journal. Mm-hmm. He had come in over the summer and he was training and he, he had an elbow thing. He's married, who's he married to? Um, Jules Huff. Yes, okay. Yeah, he's an animal. He's crazy. Yeah. Um, but he had an elbow thing, so he wasn't really lifting. So the two of us were like really doing concentrated sort of light uh, workouts, and but like a lot of volume. And I was, in, I mean, we, I feel like, I feel like I was in a good zone then. Um, but uh, but then all of a sudden you'll transition and you'll feel like, okay, well when that's done, and then I finish that job. Because at that point, I was working for another job, too, that I was supposed to be kind of small for. Um, and then when that's over, you're like, oh, I'll pop into class. And then you go, oh, it's heavy snatches. You know, like, you don't do the math <laughs> that you can't really do that anymore or you haven't done it in months. Right. I know, like, and for, this is like for me, you're like, oh, I know, like, 115 and 135, like, starts to feel okay should we bump it up to 155 and just see what we got? <laughs> and then you miss a couple and you're like, you catch one a little weird. And you're like, ah, yeah, let's not do that. And then to, the next day you're like, why does everything hurt? Oh, yeah. yeah. So stupid. So now I'm like, that's sort of where I'm at now, where I'm really trying to concentrate and be smart about what I'm doing. And uh, you know who's program? You know I have programming for me right now? Uh, Lipson and Camille. No way. Oh, no yeah. kidding. Yeah. And so you I'm give them those parameters and you'll be like, like, are you, so are you intentionally? And that? I'm like, Dave, I can't do this much chest. <laughs> of course, it lifts it, of course. Yeah, exactly. Okay, fine, deadlift then. I've never seen this much chest in CrossFit in my life. <laughs> that, but that, pro, I tell you, that programming has been awesome. I told them like the few things that I'm dealing with and they're like, it's been so good. I've been doing it for like a few weeks now. It's been incredible. Oh, that's rad. That's, that's really cool to hear. Yeah. And so the, the, are, the, are you giving them parameters based on like your job? Or, or is it, in other words, is it hard to be like, is it hard to be fit and get, and get cast not just as a fit dude? Right. Is it aesthetic well, to being so thin or? The, uh, it's more, you know, I have two kids. Yeah. I have a really inconsistent schedule. And... I'm not 30 years old anymore. Yeah. And like, you know, last night my kid woke up at four in the morning. I'm with him in his room. I'm laying down next to his bed. I'm like on the floor. I'm then up making breakfast for them. I get our daughter then to school. And then all of a sudden, you know, theoretically, which today I didn't, but then I would be at the gym and I have to like be realistic and realize Oh, I'm not going on a full tank right now. Right. Absolutely. You're completely correct. And I think that's like, you know, 
whenever people are like, oh, you know, you get hurt doing CrossFit. It's like, you don't get hurt doing CrossFit. It's like, you get hurt how you manage CrossFit. And if you're not doing it properly, and if you get old, like, if you, every, anytime I've ever, like, and, you know, knock on wood, I've never had any major injuries, but anytime, like, I've ever, like, tweaked something or done something, I've always known exactly why I did it. Yep. And it was a hundred percent because I was being, and I was being, because I was being stupid. Yeah. You know, what I mean? or I wasn't thinking, or I was like, man, driving, driving too fast. You know, back in the day, in the level one seminar days, and especially now, back when we were, I was actually on the roads. So it's like seven years ago, so yeah, twenty eleven or whatnot, when there was a very good across it didn't have the traction wasn't such so much of a household name so there was still a lot of this is dangerous you're gonna die you know from doing this that i'd ask the participants our hand in the air who's tweaked themselves or hurt themselves doing crossfit and let's say you know 15 hands go up out of 50 people i'm like okay now be honest with me of you people that got hurt before you got hurt how many people had a little spark of a thought that said either this is stupid, this is a bit too much weight, I probably shouldn't do this, I'm letting my ego get ahead of me, and every hand would stay up. I'm like, yeah, so who hurt you? Right, right, did right. CrossFit hurt you, or did your own yeah. you know, ego and decisions hurt you? And it's like, it's a, it, it is interesting. And I've tweaked myself twice doing CrossFit since uh, 2005, and both of them on the exact same workout, 10 by 100 meter sprint, when I refused to warm up. And so I just went into yeah. sprinting with like cold hamstrings and yeah. I'm running number five, the hamstring went boonk. And I was like, ah, <laughs> that was my fault again. Yeah, totally. But yeah, there's less, that weird transition of like getting older and realizing I should definitely roll out and, and, and I'm going to say something crazy. I should probably stretch a little. Oh, don't say it. <laughs> I don't do say a it. little mobility here. <laughs> it's funny though. Like I'll convince myself both ways when I, I'll call it the dad workout when I don't warm up because I'm like, I do. I got 30 right. minutes, you know, and I'm yep. like, yeah, yeah, just load it up and we'll go. And then I remind myself or I am reminded by my body, as you say, after that, like, nope, can't can't do that anymore, man. Like I have to, I literally have to set a clock for 20 minutes and make myself warm up for at least 20 minutes. And it makes such a difference. Or, yeah, or I do something stupid. Oh, everything. If like, and and now when I warm up properly, <laughs> and I'll do, if I warm up properly, I can now do 15 minutes of really concentrated work, and get. 10 times the benefit of just walking in there and being like, all right, man, let's do like an hour of like this and that. And this is the, it just, it's such an easy transition. And I, you know, and by this point, you know how to do it. It's just, you know, your head gets stupid. I agree. Sometimes. I agree. Where does, uh, where does your wife stand on CrossFit? Into it? Not really? Annoyed <laughs> by it? She's, she, she doesn't do it. Um, She's got like an insane body where she touches a weight and then all of a sudden like looks like <laughs> Brooke ends. And I'm like, you should Jeez. just, it's not, she's like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and I, if she actually did CrossFit, I think she would be unbelievably strong. Yeah. Like her body responds to weights in Get a way that, that genetic like, potential. It's re yeah, it's really frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> But she's fine with it. She knows she's like, I know you have an outlet. It's good. I like that you go there. Um, what she doesn't understand is like when regionals and the games happen 
why I'm like on top of the computer. <laughs> and I'm like, she's like, what are you, who cares? And I was like, shut up. <laughs> Well, let's say when regionals and games do kick off, who are your like male and female athletes that you're just totally rooting for and cheering for? Um, it's a good question. Make sure that you say well, Camille. Say Make sure first... you say Camille so you don't get punished. Well, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always, I just like for it to be I First of all, my favorite moment ever was and this is what a nerd I am. This is a real exposing myself right now. But I can remember, um, I guess it was, I don't think it was last year, it was the year before, when you guys went back to uh, the ranch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the first workout was the run. And, and there was that weird Facebook live feed and Rory's <laughs> at the top of the mountain and he like can't get any service and if he goes past a certain point he knows he completely loses service yep and it's just like trudging through and the camera work is all over the place and Rory's like I can't make out what's happening here. Uh, it's like the Blair Witch and, project yeah it's it's it was just like it was chaos and meanwhile I'm sitting there like yeah man okay fucking <laughs> Rory, shut up and fuck it. What's going on? I'm like, Give us some details. What the fuck is going on? And like, up until that point, the race had been going on. There had been, the whole conversation had been, Frazier jumped out fast and Bridges was just behind him. Mm -hmm. And we were all waiting for Bridges to catch up. Yep. So we were like, there's no way he can maintain the pace. And Rory, from wherever you were, you were like, oh, wait, no, I see Josh. Yeah, we were right. No, no, no. We, we were correct. Yeah, Frazier obviously couldn't keep the pace. I get it. And then all of a sudden, like, Rory gets knocked down. It was like, it was Matt. That was Matt right there. <laughs> it was like a Sasquatch sighting, dude. I jumped. I was like, that was Matt. And then you like start freaking. He's like a minute. He's like a minute ahead. He's like a minute ahead of Josh. He kept the pace. <laughs> and, I, and I remember watching it and being like, "Oh, this is over." Right. Yeah. Yes. I go. The whole thing's over. And then even and then to boot when they did the deadlift after, and Matt, Matt went last, and he saw where Ben Smith had ended up, and like hit I think 515 or maybe like 520 something around Somewhere there around there hit it knew that he was getting like 20 second place and you saw him just go like this like give like <laughs> a little fist bump and I was like if this dude's celebrating a fucking 20th place on the second workout everyone's dead you dead yeah. as soon as he finished that no run one, I agree yeah no one stands a chance he takes so first I place. always I always root for him because it's cool to watch somebody that good. It, it is. really is. It is. And then on the women's side, I mean, the women's side is really where it's at. I mean, that is, an, that is a 1 mm. to maybe 8, right. 1 to 11 competition where you're like, any one of those could come in. Yeah, it was fantastic. And this year, you know, with it right at the end, Tia Claire and Kara Webb going back and forth, who won the whole thing. I mean, Annie Thor's daughter makes her way back onto the podium. It was just Great. awesome. Absolutely awesome. And but the storylines at, at that point was within all those women with like Annie. You're like, at some point you realize, does Annie make the podium every year? Oh, <laughs> her statistics are 
ridiculous. We were talking to her um, oh wait, like last a week, week yeah, yeah, a week or two ago, because she also happens to have the second most people participating in the Open at her gym. They've got like 278 people do the Open at her gym, which is insane. Yeah. But we were looking at this list, and we're like, oh, most CrossFit Games events ever completed, most top five finishes, most CrossFit Games podiums, most most everything. Like, she has almost every single accolade of, of most I'd forgotten Best how finishes. crazy yeah. she is. Yep, but uh, but that's, I mean, like I said, you you I saw it in the interview, man. You the the real deal, one hundred percent fan. I mean, the, talking about Rory up there with a the little camera and whatnot, like oh my, I was it fires dying. me up, man. I was I was dying, and I, and it was one of those moments where you're like, oh, it's over, <laughs> and we're done. The only thing that we've done more low tech than that. Well, that's not true. Facebook Live's kind of like new and cutting edge, but not in the way that we did it. But in 2012, when we did the run through like over microwave, no, the triathlon over oh, yeah. microwave mountain and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. swim in the ocean, biked, and then uh, ran over the mountain. We tried the, the night before, somebody had the bright idea to be like, oh, well, let's just do it like a radio show and we'll call in and we'll be on uh, a conference call and we'll just broadcast the conference call out to the world. <laughs> Like, cool, what could, what could go wrong? So we plant these people all over, and some of these, like, Josh Everett, God love him, but I, I think at the time, he probably, like, smartphones had been around for a minute, you know, it was 2012, and uh, he's still got a flip phone, I think, and somebody, and to this day, like, it's the most stressful job that I've ever been a part of. I was just, I was texting people on the side because somebody, like, never put it on mute, so... The entire time you hear people right. trying to give an uh, analysis and try and tell you who's where, and you hear somebody else like, you know, like, oh, I want to pick up a sandwich after this or whatever, right, exactly. squawking in the background. And uh, anyways, yeah, those those are the days, man. There's been an evolution in our production. There's been an evolution. I remember I remember watching the uh, the half marathon row, and there was like that weird Atari looking like. That's, you know, that's good TV right there, a half marathon row. You know what? I um. I've this always asshole was like this. Oh, I can see. Okay, Jason <laughs> won the two thousand. Let's see if he can keep it up. This is going to get crazy. If he wins both, that's an accomplishment. <laughs> Tucking in with a cup of coffee. I told Concept Two they're totally missing the boat by not making a T-shirt out of that little boat race. I mean, this is what an asshole I am. We, I was like, they when they did that. I remember going to the gym. I think maybe that day or the next day, and being like, who's who wants to go? Oh, did you? Yeah. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. How long did it take you to do that half marathon row? I want to say it took me. I have it somewhere. I think wow. I post either on Twitter or Instagram. I am impressed. I, it was. I, I did it on accident, like before that. Somebody challenged me to do it. Did it on and, accident. But I, I literally mailed it. Like I was full on uh, audiobook, just like, you know. Stroking it out. Not that wasn't. I wasn't oh, swinging. I can't the imagine how it would feel getting off that rower. It was getting off of it was magical. The last <laughs> twenty-five minutes, it was such like it was such a mental game because you go at some points at at some point something on your body starts to tell you something bad's gonna happen if you stay right. on this. I remember when that went down. Now that just popped into my head. Dan Tominski competed that year. And I think during the row, 
he went partially insane. Like there was a couple of times well, that he like not... got up off the row or like walked laps around the building shaking his head and they got back down. Did they not allow headphones? Yeah, they didn't allow Yeah, no headphones. Yeah, that was the move. Just the Miko Salo mental silence, yeah, you know? Exactly. The key, the key to the whole thing was, oh yeah, and by the way, no one's gonna have earphones. You're gonna sit, you're gonna sit by yourself on a rowing machine. And gar I guarantee, and I don't know this for a fact, but I would guarantee that was a, not thought of until old evil Dave Castro was probably like, oh, this is going to be great. He saw somebody walk out with headphones and he was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> Tell everyone they cannot do that. <laughs> that was, that was my, that might have been my favorite workout. Like, oh, yeah, you guys are going to sit on a rower for the next hour and a half. Yeah. Oh. Going, going back to a room, this was definitely, that was the highlight. And that was the days when like Rich was on top of it all. And he was so great at that point because he was really, he was great on social media because for a guy that on paper was so flawless would tweet out stuff like, this is really not fun. you <laughs> 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 like, you would just, you could hear him. You could hear him as all of us, mm -hmm. which is really the nice thing, totally. you know, and what, and which makes it such like a fun sport is, you know, you can't relate to some of these guys in the NFL or the NBA. Right. And it's just like you're a different – and not that these guys aren't, but the way that they approach it is the same way that any of us would approach it. It's just a different thing. And, you Very know, I don't relatable. Like really appreciating Froning in those moments. Like I remember he like – when he bombed out on that run, yeah. He, oh, yeah. he tweeted out after. He goes, well, that didn't go as planned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Um so as someone who's been both places with a unique perspective as a fan, uh, what'd you like about Madison? Well, what's cool about it is, is it's, well, the town itself is wonderful. It's really beautiful. Um, and during the summer, kind of empty. Yeah. So the idea to have this small, like, but not, it's not like a, to have this like small fun college town be a small fun CrossFit town for a weekend is really neat. Um, as opposed to, you know, in LA where as much as I loved it, you know, everybody's spread out. Right. So you're either at the StubHub Center with everybody. And I mean, that's really the only opportunity that you're, that you're all together. Whereas in Madison, it's like you go to the games, and then when everybody's out for dinner, you're seeing everybody. I mean, and, literally, yes. You go to that circle around the Capitol building, and it was like it was just packed with crowd. You couldn't get away from it if you wanted to. Yeah, totally. And then everybody's having the conversations that we're having, yeah. and you're like, oh, good, finally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm around people that accept me. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Like, I don't know, there's, and there's like, ugh, there's nobody else here. It's good. <laughs> Even local coffee shops like would put the um, – you know, they'd have CrossFit Games cups and stuff. I mean, the community totally embraced Oh, dude, they the changed games There going. was different menu options. Yep. There was a... I love seeing, like, the massive... Uh, what do they call them? The fat heads? Like, the, the stickers of the athletes all over the place? And mm -hmm. stuff like that was... It was cool. It was cool. And, yeah, I'm excited to see what you guys do this year because now having one-year experience with it, seeing, like, oh, okay, we can now do this, we can do this. Yeah. I'm sure you guys got so many ideas while you were there. That flight to Aromas is going to be killer, though. <laughs> take yeah. a take back to the ranch. Exactly. Um, That's right. The, the, uh, right. Romus to Madison. Yeah, it couldn't, couldn't be too bad. The other thing I liked, um, 
was just the city itself. Like, so I got there probably five days early or even earlier than I usually would. And at one point they had a race. I didn't know what an isthmus was before Madison, by the way, like just surrounded by two sides. Oh, okay. You've got the peninsula. So an isthmus surrounded both sides. They had um, stand-up paddlers raced across the lake. Then they picked their gear up and they ran through town, like literally past the Capitol building. They carried, they would portage their Mm -hmm. canoes or or stand-up paddles, go into the other lake and keep on going on the race. And I was like, oh, this is really cool that you guys like put this on for us or whatever. And like, nah, dude, this has been happening for like 30 years. This has, this has yeah, nothing are, to do with They the are like all about yeah, yeah, yeah. fitness and outdoor activity. And I think that was potentially the perfect definition of portage. I think you don't carry it across. <laughs> you, Thank you. you yes. that, that was, I'm quite mm-hmm. impressed right there. Portage. That was not a mistake, my okay. friend. <laughs> that's, that's the only I am thing. a professional. I prepared for this. <laughs> that's the only thing I looked up beforehand. Um, so I, 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 I want to go back to fanning out, dude. I, I just gotta, I gotta talk about like some some of the some of the people that you've had the opportunity to interact with and work with just kind of blows my mind. But but who jumps off the page to you? Like when you think about anything, like cameos in New Girl or people that you've been on films with, is it a tri- I mean, is it as much of a trip as it is like? Yeah, I mean, I still get excited, which is the good. I mean, which is good. I think I don't think I'll ever ever lose that. I mean, there are, there are moments where you know, like I'll have to go do a scene on something, and you go, "All right, now that I know this is who I am, part of my preparation for doing the scene is like, just cool out, man. We got, <laughs> right? It's not working for you. You got to get. It's like it's good that it it exists, but take the excitement out of it. Um, you belong here. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Go do your job. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, there's never been a moment where it's like I've I've never been blasé about the fact that like, oh, I'm doing a movie with Sally Field and we're with each other for the next like month and a half. Yeah, um, she was incredible. Um, what about Prince, dude? What was Prince like? Oh, dude, Prince was just a trip, right? Prince was the craziest. <laughs> we spent two days with him. And is he, does he interact or did he interact? Was he like? He's as cool. He's as cool as. I mean, he really lives up to it. The two people who I oh I've seen really live up to their reputations in terms of people that you were like, you know, there are not that many cool people in the world. Like genuinely to their core, cool. Um, Prince is one of them, and Woody Harrelson was the other. Oh, really? That's what a great like, duo right there. <laughs> yeah, you're like these two guys just no matter the circumstance are just the coolest oh, that's you know like the like woody on glass castle was crazy just because you're like he's as much of woody harrelson as you want him to be and then outside of that you know like his kids are always with him and he's a great dad and he's a great husband and he's you know He's got his daughters the summer and his daughters are like running around and they're involved and they're a part of it. And you can see like how much they adore him. And you're like, this guy's, awesome. got this guy's, this guy's the best. Kind of and he's going to turn to you and just be like, like have some sort of smile on his face. Like, let's try something new in this scene. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and you go, yeah, let's do that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So he was the coolest. And then Prince is just like, 
I, I mean, I don't really know how to describe it, but <laughs> it was just everything you wanted it to be. Like, he was he, just sort of, would he could he ha- could he have like a real conversation, or would it just be like you'd say something? So he's sort of like he's very rarely alone one-on-one yeah he's got his whole crew he's got his dancers and his musicians and they sort of like they know to be kind of the buffer between him and anybody else yeah so he'll just kind of like perch himself up like on something really cool and just be like sitting there <laughs> and then you'll be talking to you know one of his dancers maybe but it's also but it's a conversation that's working through prince because he's sitting there and reacting right and just going yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like an intermediary. <laughs> That's so cool. It's like total sense of humor, really laid back, totally easy. And I mean, I, I just one of those guys who are like, all right, man, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fascinating. Yeah, to start to rub elbows with some of those circles that are largely just behind some curtain that most people never get access to, yep. really. Yep. I'd say most people are pretty normal. And, you know, once you get past the whole, you know, like what I used to think shooting a TV show was or seeing these people on the screen where you were like, they're in a foreign land. Once you get past that, mm-hmm. everybody's pretty normal. Um, and you're and really you're just there to do a job. And specifically, if like if you're with a real deal director who everybody's listening to. Then you see really how normal everybody is because you see him scared and you see him on point <laughs> and working and you're like, good, this is this is what I like. Um, but uh, but Prince and Woody were like the first, they were, were really the two that you go. Oh, you guys are different people. Interesting. I grew up with, uh, you know, watching Cheers, you know, Woody Harrelson was sure. that. And then actually uh, he doesn't have a. He wasn't the number one guy in one of my all-time favorite movies, but he had a great part. And one of my all-time favorite movies was No Country for Old Men. Yeah, and then, sure. And then, you know, he was fantastic in there with his character as well. You know, just uh, that's very cool to actually hear that behind the scenes, he's a cool person and a good dad and, you know, down to earth and all that. So that that just makes me even more of a fan. Oh, yeah, totally. Those are, what, those are the moments you want because you definitely, and they, it exists too when you meet somebody and you're like, oh, no. Being in in the industry, what are you know, one or two movies that you could just watch over and over again that are some of your favorites? Um, I you know I'm a big fan. Like, so first of all, so many of them because and that's one of the reasons you I got into it. Mm-hmm. Just there's so many great movies out there, but I think the ones that like I always sort of turn to. Usually like seventies movies, like one one uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Okay. Uh, Dog Day Afternoon is one of my favorite movies. That era of film mm-hmm. is just it's hard to, it's hard to really beat those. Let me turn. Let me flip that on its head a little bit. What? Um, and you know, sports coverage is sports coverage, but like in terms of CrossFit media, you've digested it for a long time, like. What do you particularly love, or, or what's missing? You, and and you have to like take the gloves off or anything, but you know, be honest. Like, is there something that would be crazy cool or better? Or well, what's been really, I mean, impressive to see is one, two, a couple things. One specifically uh, on Rory's side, like you've gotten really good at it. You know, when it was when it was be- when you guys were beginning. 
who knows what it was going to be. I can't <laughs> imagine that you guys oh, dude. No. thought that you'd be on CBS at some point. Dude, no, I, hope, I hope one day you can come and see The Office and we can just like show you the growth patterns that have occurred, but it's it's insane. Um, but to see you like really grow into a, a real deal commentator and the idea, and I don't know like who's in charge. I, I don't know if it's Dave or whomever, but the idea that like, it's still the original crew yeah. is really awesome. And I think, and I think says a lot about what you guys do and, and how you guys run your business. I think it's great that you guys like stuck with it. Everybody grew, everybody got better. And now we're with these same people that we were with in the very beginning, because at some point somebody easily could have came in and been like, all right, we got to get some like, Right. You know, established professor, professionals yep. to come in, and the idea that we're still watching you guys and how much better that you guys have become is has been a really has been a really nice thing to watch. And you know, like kind of knowing you a little bit through Twitter and talking to you over the years, it's been like super cool to watch that. That's awesome. Um, Thank Pat, you so you've been you have not changed all that much. <laughs> <laughs> stagnant. It's stagnant. It's just been like, and but. The thing that I always appreciate about Sherwood throughout the years is like, you know, I'm going to listen to him because he's usually right. About 85% of the time, he'll go, yeah, I'm going to take old uh, Becca Voigt here. I know she's, uh, I know there's some exciting new names out there, but uh, let's just stick with that one. And then it actually, you know, it's like, Quite she just true. keeps going. Um, so that I mean, that's been I mean, it's been nice to watch. Like in terms of why that, who knows? I think it's you guys have been doing a great job. I think the growth has been really the nicest thing to see. Yeah. I don't think there's anything that you guys are missing. Yeah. Yeah. That's Maybe awesome. some more that's Facebook good. Live at the top. <laughs> some we more like in the wood Facebook Live in the woods. Some more Sasquatch sightings. Yeah. Back to keeping it real, the roots. Um, that's awesome. I, I'd say um, my goal before we speak to you next. Is that we get Seth Myers to try CrossFit somehow, some way, <laughs> to sneak, just sneak it into a show, you know, like or or whatever. Um, see but that. you know, actually, to go back one, one, to go back for a second on what we were just talking about, uh, and if anybody's watching this, that shit's not easy. What you have to do. What do you mean? Oh, the Facebook. When, yeah, when you're like on the floor and you are talking to camera and you are in it in that moment, that is not easy. Cause you don't get a second take. Like you, you are commentating on things that are happening in the moment. That is a tough thing to do. And the idea that you've gotten that good at it and are that comfortable at this point, specifically with like, you know, not that I'm going to throw that up, but that that I'm sure on your end, you're, you can't believe the growth. And the next thing you know, there, I'm sure you're feeling some sort of pressure to some degree. Now that you're like, how the fuck are we on CBS? Right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do right. know what you mean. Am I Jim Nance? Like, <laughs> um, I, well, it's I mean, cool to watch, man. It really is. That's all. I mean, you've made my day, month, year. Um, thank you. I'm never going to stop hearing about this now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be, I got my compliments from Max, and I won the NorCal Masters 35 to 39. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Did I tell you about that? Because I won't chat about that either. Um, what? Poor, poor Ben Stoneberg in a liftoff got, got, he got a no rep because he took 365 pounds, cleaned it, 
and jerked it but missed the jerk. And instead of dropping it to the ground, he re-racked it, 365 pounds, and jerked it again. But apparently in the rule book, that's a no rep. So Ben Stoneberg was not allowed to be on the NorCal leaderboard 35 to 39, which put this guy in first place. No. <laughs> was it Ben Stoneberg? Yeah. Jeez, wow. Did Stoneberg go to the games this year? Wait, no, sorry. Uh, uh, Alderman. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah Alderman. Yeah, I thought, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mixed up my Ben's. Ben yeah. Alderman. Two very fit Ben's. Did Stoneberg go yeah. this year? No. Or did he get hurt? Or last year? He, he didn't get hurt. He got hurt. He just missed. Yeah, I think he just missed. Or was he... He might have been... No, a, I think he got... I think he was packed. I think he was a pack too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah, because he, he was looking... Out. He was looking good. Yeah, no, he came out hot. And I remember, I was like, oh, no. And then, unfortunately... He, he's gonna have his work cut out for him because now he's in that whole western right seaboard yeah. about that the regional change it did not get easier yeah, totally. yeah it did not get easier i'm curious to see teams is now two two men two women yep that's cool it's gonna yeah, be awesome. i think it's very cool yeah i think it's very cool gonna make it easier to watch easier to you know it's just easier to find four super fit people than six super fit people well and, i think know, it's also gonna do you think this I think it's going to change some of those guys' minds, like, you know, the Dan Baileys and the Bridges of the world, who are who have who have been like, I'm not a team guy. Yeah, I'm yes. an individual guy. I mean, for those guys to be like, well, I guess if it were me and Dan, <laughs> right? Yep. Right. I mean, we were just mentioned talking to Annie Thorsdotter last week, and through the nature of the conversation, spoke about some of the new changes and talked about the teams going from six to four. And she's like, don't get me wrong, don't put out, you know, fake news. I'm, I'm not going team this year. But I will say, with the new change from 6 to 4, she goes, that made me go, huh, wow, that's, that's actually something that I would consider in the future. So I think you're right. Yeah. It's an easier thing to wrap your head around because you could. it's more controllable. Mm-hmm. One person is way more controllable than, than the, like the six of it. And from the media side of it all the announcers are happy because when the teams are out there, there's like 1,100 people on the field that you're like, so and much. the guy in blue wearing shorts is doing, who is that? You know, like now at least you took 30% of those people are gone off the field. The, yeah, the, totally. The first time I was ever in a production truck, we, they were like, hey, you're the tape producer. That means that you're in here and these guys have like these big DVR machines. They're going to do instant replays. You just tell them what to do. And I was like, got it. And they, uh, they you know, off you go. And the first event was a team event on the track back in the day in uh, uh, StubHub or Home Depot at okay. that time. And it was an event where like you would do some stuff on the track and then you would put somebody on your back and you'd run across the field and back with them. And I'm literally shouting out directions <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, follow the, follow the hot chick. Like, no, the, like the one with tattoos. No, you see the guy with his shirt off? And I swear to God, a guy stood up and walked out of the truck and never came back. <laughs> and that was my first experience. So I think, We've come a long way regardless, but the team the team competition is going to be cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, dude, when can we get you up here? You got to come see us someday up here. I know. I would love... So where... You guys are in San, Santa Cruz. Cruz? Yeah. Surf City. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, now that I'm off... Yeah, right? Uh, well, one day. It's an open invite. Well, and uh, this has been rad. So I, I'm sure as hell hope we can follow this one up too with... Uh, I feel like the amount of... of CrossFit nerd you have in you, you should be on an update show. Oh, yeah. At, no, at least once. No lie. I mean, one, yeah, I've got no issue with that in any yeah. way, shape, or yeah. form. Oh, my God. That would be great. Um, you'll, but, cl you'll class up the act. It'll be good. It'll be good for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, cool, brother. And, and uh, 
looking forward to catching up with you. You got to get the kids to play one day. So my yeah, my oldest we, and your oldest are basically the same age. How old's your How old's your oldest? My now? son is seven. And my daughter's six. They're they're sixteen months apart. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Oh, oh yeah. You know, oh, jump right in with that. That'd be good. I think uh, family. The I think that Madison. That was the other thing I wanted to mention. Madison is far more friendly for people with kids and families. Like, family friendly. In Carson, I was never like, yeah, I'll bring the family. Like you had your house there. But I was like, yeah. for me, my mom would come out here and she's like, no, I'm staying in Santa Cruz. There's no way I'm going to be in a hotel, have to drive places, whatever. But Madison, I think, is, uh, especially after scouting it last year, a place where I would come. No doubt. Bring the kids. They can bike home if they want to. So yeah. consider that next year. Pat, are you also in, in Santa Cruz? I was for like the last seven years and I've about the last one year been up in Washington State. Oh, wow. Yep. All right. So I'm up there now and I'm back down here traveling just depending upon if it's open and regionals. I'm here a lot. And then the other times of the year is just kind of as needed. Yeah, totally. So, you, so now that the Open's about to start, are you guys like super busy? Yes. <laughs> That's the very, yes. Yes, and it's been that way just for a while because of all the, you know, the behind the scenes, you know, like what, what are people are going to see at the Open is like, you know, not to compare it to a TV show or a movie, but they see the finished product. They know how long does it take to edit? How long does color correction take? How long does the voiceover take? Like, so all, right. all that's been going on for a long time. And yeah. so we're just trying to get the polish and a little polish on it so that when February 22nd rolls around, we're good. Yeah. And are you guys involved in all the documentaries and stuff too? Not in the documentaries. We'll get interviewed for it, but that's about it. But that's. You know, Heber and Marsden and Mariah, they're, they're back those there. Those are great, man. They do such a good job on those. Yeah, Like, the not. lead up to the games. I remember, like, the one, like, following Brooke Entz up to the, up until, I think oh, it was. Oh, like the story of California? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The regionals were yeah. When she, when, she, when she was off shooting Wonder Woman. Yeah. At the time, I was like, what movie is she doing? Right. Yeah. yeah this is a big secret. Uh, yeah, because I don't know that they ever were able. I don't know that they were able to say it when they were following her around. I don't think so. I don't I? think. Yeah, back then I don't think they could. Yeah, she was she was under contract or whatever. Um, but yeah, I know. And the new one's gonna be badass. Have you seen the uh, the trailer for the new one? Yeah, I did. It's gonna it's be great. good. Gonna you be guys good. go after it on that one. What's that? You guys <laughs> go after. It. <laughs> yes, it's gonna be. Uh, I think we're gonna get the whole spectrum, right? I mean, the, the passionate, crazy, loving fans are gonna you know embrace it. Then people are like, I knew something was going on there. They're gonna watch it there, so you're gonna get both. I, I also okay. think that like I feel like Ricky Garrard has like just crested this hill and like started posting to social media again and like kind of came out from under the rock. I was and just probably saw that. He that. probably saw that trailer and was like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah, you know what, man? If you're that dude, get clean, come back, and like go after it, and that's the way you do it. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. young. Yep, he's young. Just, you gotta, you gotta. I don't know if you can bounce back from that though. But the only way you have a shot of bouncing back is to just own it. Be like, yep, yeah, I yeah. did it. I did it. I look, wish I had a time machine to go back and not do it, but it's something that happened. And you know, from this moment forward, I'm gonna, I'm gonna earn this stuff. You know, like that's what else can you do? You know? Yeah, you talk like the Lance Armstrong thing. When you hear him talk now, he's like, I don't really regret doing it. I and he's like, I'm not happy about it. He goes, I was, re I really regret how I handled it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everybody makes mistakes. I think and people generally like to forgive other people, but it's all how you carry yourself and conduct yourself when that truth does come to light. You know, yeah. that, that goes a long way. Yeah. So, anyway. This is basically a plug for the uh, for the documentary. You know, hey, it's all, all, all synergy. All this, all this and more. <laughs> all this and more will be in the documentary. Um, 
dude, I could talk to you all day, but I think we should let you go and honor yeah, your time. Hey, man. We'll, uh, we'll figure it out. I'll, we'll come up soon, hopefully. Yeah, this is awesome. It was um, a pleasure. And you got, you got a new fan, brother. You're, yeah. you're good to go. Oh, thanks, please. It's so nice to sit down and talk with you guys. All right, dude. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Max. All right, hey, good luck in the open. Sign up right now. I'll, I will sign up right now. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. As always, hit us up at Pat and Row Show at CrossFit.com if you have questions, concerns, comments, or hopefully amazing, Compliments. amazing ideas for future guests. See you guys out on the interwebs.